Yo, welcome to Political Football. David Cleve on the line. How you doing, sir? What's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's officially fall, so uh, we are officially out of the summer months. And unfortunately, um, we've hit a milestone in this country that I I would have never thought could happen. Um, you know, we have 200,000 people that have succumbed to this virus. And it is a sad day that we are sitting at this number. So for those that lost people, this is me included. Um, let's hope that we're not looking at another 200,000 in the next few months. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I feel for everybody out there who has lost somebody, um, this pandemic has touched all of us in some way. Um, like it's been, it's been bad for everybody and it's not a competition. I mean, obviously those that lost people have had it, have had it the hardest, but we've had, you know, high school seniors lose their senior year. We've had basketball players lose their yeah. chance at March Madness. Um, it's just been awful for, for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've had some, um, some rough games this week. You know, this is our week two recap and, um, it is. It has definitely been a um, a rough week, uh, literally for a lot of guys. And uh, we're going to recap, you know, what happened over the week and kind of touch on a few things. So we'll get started right with the games at the. Um, well, actually, you know what? Let's do the Thursday night game, which was uh, was was pretty exciting. Uh, let me get your take. Yeah. So the Thursday night game was uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland ended up winning the game. They sort of held nine at at the end uh to to hang on to the win the most important thing about that game is that nick chubb and kareem hunt just went absolutely insane they ran for i think about four billion yards (laughs) you know really protected baker mayfield he did not really have to do all that much you know had some nice throws to odell beckham you know cleveland looked better but again home against cincinnati is about the easiest matchup you can get so we didn't want to come down on them too hard for being away to Baltimore in week one and looking like garbage, probably shouldn't give them too much credit for this one. Yeah, I I, I looked at it as, as a glorified practice, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the Bengals are in a rebuild year. Um, so, I mean, they, it's a game that they're supposed to win. Um, but, you know, I think coming out of that game, I actually, you know, um, not taking anything away from Cleveland, but Joe Burrow looked really, really good. Looked really, really good. I, mm-hmm. I like what I saw decision making some of the fearlessness um i wish there was a run that he did that he did in the actually championship game um last year which I, I i never liked when he instead of sliding or going down he turns his back i don't know if you've ever seen that run mm-hmm. where he he runs and to avoid the tackle he like he twists himself around and takes a hit from the back if i am a um a gm or team president it's kind of like what i don't want to see for my franchise quarterback so i i hope that the coaches are you know teaching this kid how to how to get down in the nfl because all it takes is one of these you know missiles at 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 defensive end to to get him cracked in the back really hard so you know other than that he looked really good to me made some really good decisions um i don't really and you know this is not a slight on baker baker did what he was supposed to do and he looked good but he looked good against a, a subpar team Talk to me in week six or, you know, when he's looking, you know, like that against some teams that are that are contending. So it was a gimme game for me with that one. Agreed. All right. So any um anything that we should uh, think about their next matchup for 
for either team or is it kind of we're still seeing what Joe Burrow is going to do and obviously Cleveland is Cleveland yeah I mean I think both these teams are uh bad their next games uh the Bengals are on the road against the Eagles who we'll get to about them also not being particularly good and then the Browns host the Washington football team so this could actually be a a little winning streak we got the Browns going for here yeah that that is going to be one that um I probably just gonna hope red zone kind of just scans by we we should have some fireworks against you know they're they're too good uh good offenses against bad defenses so uh we should actually see a high scoring game for one of those teams you know mm-hmm. all right so moving right into the one o'clock um into the one o'clock slot let's uh let's kind of run through those games and, and and see where we land on that stuff uh, so obviously we have some injuries too so yeah yeah so let's start let's start with the giants and the bears um, because the injuries are going to be the story of the day and none are bigger than Saquon Barkley in his uh, torn ACL against the Bears. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I didn't see the game live. I got to rewatch Red Zone um, later on that evening. So was it the second hit he took the took the shot? Or I couldn't tell if it was because he got he got hit on the sweep and then he got hit again towards the sidelines. I didn't know which one was the the actual injury. Um did you get a chance to see what that was? Yeah, so he got he got hurt on back-to-back carries. The first carry he hyperextended his elbow it looks like. Wow. Uh and then came back. He came back in the game on his very next carry is when the ACL the ACL got torn. So yeah, the Giants are I mean they're done. They weren't going to do very much to to begin with, but they're they're just an absolute garbage team now. Probably it's not the worst team in New York City, but they're they're pretty bad. Uh, it should be noted the Bears won this game. Mm-hmm. So the Bears and Mitch Trubisky are now 2-0. I can't even believe that. That is actually a, a, a mind numb for me. But, you know, it is what it is. We're, this is week two. And, you know, we're going to start getting some interesting storylines. Trubisky, he's literally playing for his season. He's playing for his starting position next year. Although I think they're going to go in a different direction. Anything short of a Super Bowl appearance? Yeah, no, he's he's done in Chicago. They're all he's playing for now is trade value for the Bears. See Absolutely, yeah. Please, yeah, please somebody, please somebody. He's a commodity. <laughs> he's the magic beans that 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 they'll be putting out there. Right. A- Absolutely. Uh, so the next game that uh, I have down here is the Rams at the Eagles. The Rams <laughs> just boat race the Eagles in this game, and you know I um. I would be lying if I said I don't like to point out when I get things right, and I definitely nailed the Eagles as being low key trash. They yeah, are you know, you awful. Did, you, you did the um, the preview show. I went back to listen to the preview show, and yeah, you were you so far, man. You're you're batting a thousand. The thing about so given given that the Eagles have a have a line that is missing three of their starters, I get that, but I don't trust. Carson Wentz decision making or I don't know if it's the play calling or I think it's been noted that he is you know he's probably not comfortable executing the plays that that Peterson is calling and he he may be ad-libbing a lot something's a disconnect because last year or the year before last we're talking about Carson Wentz like he was the savior now he's the problem over there 
See, I, I completely disagree. I don't think Carson Wentz is the problem. I think when you have no offensive line and no wide receivers, that's when, when any quarterback looks like a problem there. I mean, the Eagles have to be, wow. I mean, besides the Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, Patriots, they have to be the only team I can think of that's rolled out like two tight ends as like their primary pass catching options. Yeah. With Ertz and Goddard, you know, they don't have any wide receivers to speak of. The running back is good, but they have no offensive line, so they can't really do anything on offense. The defense, I always thought was a little bit, a little bit overrated. So, I don't really think that uh, that Carson Wentz is is the problem with the Eagles. I think he might be about the only thing that's right for them. But surrounded by, you know, just a lack of talent everywhere and a poor offensive line, and against Aaron Donald, and that's what you're gonna get. Oh yeah, well, I mean, anyone against Aaron Aaron Donald is gonna have a, a bad day, but the thing is, is that you know, I don't, I don't look at at, at the offensive line play as he's running for his life. Um, I think that the blocking is holding just enough. But you're right, if if receivers can't get downfield, because D-Jack is a thousand years old, mm-hmm. you know, if guys can't get downfield and the blocking is, you know, it's, it's, it's a three second block, and I got to get this ball out. Yeah, so it's more an indictment on the receiving core, I would say, versus the offensive line because a lot of a lot of lines in the league are you know lackluster. But yeah, if you're missing three key starters, mm-hmm. that's a little bit much. But again, I, I think some of the interceptions that he's thrown has has just kind of been mind numbing because I'm like, wait a minute, who are you thrown to? You know what's what's the play here? So yeah, I get it. I give him a pass. Yeah, they might just need a pass for the entire season. Like the Eagles could easily be a team that goes four and twelve this year and twelve and four next year. But here's the thing, too, man. I I looked up the record without Carson, and it's a little bit better when he's not out there. Not to say that Nick Foles had the command of the offense because the first year that they that he got hurt um, on that run, you know, he got them the lion's share of those games. So obviously Nick Foles had to just run mop up and, you know, obviously cruise to a Super Bowl uh, victory. But again, you know, again, this guy was the toast of the town two years ago. And it just shows you how how fickle football is, where it just takes a couple of tweaks and, and you're out of it. You know, they they may be playing for nothing come two weeks from now. Oh yeah, no, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles are the Eagles are gonna be done. I mean, if you look at their schedule coming up. Um, they have they have to go to Pittsburgh. They host the Ravens. They play the Cowboys twice. They have to go to Green Bay. They host Seattle. They host New Orleans. Yeah, it's yeah tough sledding from here, man. Tough sledding yeah. from here. Uh, yep. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. We we shall see. All right, who, who we got next? Next game is uh, the game of the week. Uh, we sort of knew this going into it. That would be the Atlanta Falcons thirty nine, the Dallas Cowboys oh, somehow God. forty. Oh my God! Before before you even start, because I I I I I knew you were gonna you you actually predicted not what happened, but you predicted that they were gonna get beat. Um, there was some guy that that lost thirty five thousand dollars on this game, and I'm pretty sure there's other guys that lost more. But I was reading an article, just kind of you know cruising the internet, and uh, the guy almost like jumped out of a like a moving car. It was that thirty five thousand dollars where he thought that they were good but it goes to show you and i don't know how college you know college uh fans feel about this or even a high school because i played high school football you know how they say run up the score in the nfl no lead is safe um i agree with bill belichick with with you keep your foot on that throttle 
and that gas pedal until the whistle, final whistle is blown. Because we've seen games where we thought that this was over. And it's such, it happens to be this team again. You know, it's not the same exact core guys, but the same quarterback where you're up comfortably and you should cruise to a victory. But again, you let these guys back in. All right. So I want your take on this. Yeah, so first of all, I don't believe in running up the score. I believe that's just quitting when you're winning, and I don't like that. I think you should try to score as many points as you possibly can while there's still time on the clock. I want to. Oh yeah, no, they, they keep scoring for a reason. 100, I, 150. Yep. Like yeah. especially in college, I don't care when it's Eastern Michigan against Alabama. I want Alabama put 150 up. Like just they agreed to play the game, crush them. Um, the NFL, you need to do that because yeah, no lead is safe. This lead, however, should have been safe. They were up 39 to 24 with five minutes to go. Yeah. The Falcons scored 39 points and had zero turnovers. The uh they are the first team to ever lose in that situation. The other teams are 440 and zero in that situation. Yeah. Scoring 39, zero turnovers. The Cowboys also should have lost this game because Mike McCarthy, the coach, called fake punts twice. Yeah. <laughs> and fill both times. And I mean, I understand why you have to call fake punts sometimes and whatever. But the second one was like a fourth and three. And you have maybe the best, you know, one of the three best collections of offense, offensive talent in the league. Maybe just put Dak back on the field and let him go get you a first down. Yeah. Um, so they really deserve to lose there. Uh, if you didn't see it, the game came down to an onside kick. Oh, yeah. At the oh. End. Oh. And the Falcons players did not know the rules of the game. And they stood there and watched the ball until it went 10 yards. The rule is that the kicking team, in this case the Cowboys, can't touch the ball until it goes 10 yards. The Falcons can touch it whenever they want. <laughs> but instead they waited, yeah. and the Cowboys got it, and they kicked the game-winning field goal, and that's that. And and for those for those um, new listeners or new to football, I should say, an onside kick on turf and on grass, I know it doesn't matter much to – to a novice, but the skidding of the ball, sliding on grass, unless it's wet, versus sliding on turf, it's a lot different. It's like being on carpet. And for you to for for a hands team, which I think Julio was probably the hands of the hands team, should have been prepared to touch this ball at some point once it once it got the hop. And to watch all these guys literally surround this ball like it's I don't even know if it's like like if it's forced knocks. And for that to happen, that never happens. You ne- you couldn't script that in a Hollywood movie because people are say, well, why did they touch the ball? Like, why did they? Why did someone do something? So they gave that game, literally gave that game away. I mean, I, I would have those guys have been running laps. I know they're professional athletes and they're grown men. We're running stadium stairs, guys, because you guys need to practice that. Now every team is going to be putting that in somewhere because. It, it, inexcusable. I don't even know what to say to that. That was a, a, a bad way to give a football game away, but they find ways to lose. I don't know what it is with this team. Yeah, the Falcons and Dan Quinn, I mean, we're going to talk about some other coaches that are obviously on the hot seat, but he's got to be close now after that. And next coming week, they're going to Green Bay on Monday night. He, so the oh. country's about to see them get destroyed to fall to 0-3. You know, like Dan Quinn is going to firmly be in that hot seat conversation if he isn't already, because this is that's just unbelievable. I mean, he's he's lucky he, he didn't get a Jay Gruden, which when he got back his key card didn't work. That's when you know it's it's pretty much a wrap. So yeah, we'll be watching. That is insane. I I, I could not believe a, a game 
but the Cowboys can't keep doing that. Like they they're they're a better team than that, and they should have definitely lost that game, and they should be sitting at zero and two right now. Yes, and they go to Seattle next week, so they could be looking at 0-3. So they are actually very lucky that they managed to win this game. The thing is, they're going to win that division because it's the the Eagles, the Washington football team, and the Saquonless Giants. Yeah. So the Cowboys could go 9-7 and as long as they're clicking at the right time. They could they could be a problem. Yeah, that division is gift wrapped for them. I mean, that's that's accepting a present right there. So exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. The next game divisions that are not gift wrapped. We had the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers win 31 to 17. Uh, not much to say about this game other than that Tom Brady looks. I mean, last week I said that he was dusted. I think he is still kind of dusted, but within the way that the offense is supposed to work, he looks okay. You know, like I said, they're going to be an average, an average to slightly above average team. But for the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey got hurt down four to six weeks with a ankle sprain. Yeah, and honestly, I think um, you know when we talk about uh, players that that are relied a lot of you know a lot on like Saquon with the Giants for that buffer for for Danny Dimes, I think McCaffrey, although he's a great talent, they run him a lot. They run him um, more than he should be. He's a great weapon, so I, I would never say don't use your weapons, but. You know some of the plays that um that they're looking at, it's like a desperation where they got to run this guy. You know, and we're gonna see that without without him, four to six weeks, they're gonna take some lumps. We're gonna see. Oh, they were gonna they were gonna take uh they they were gonna take lumps anyways. They are they are the worst team in the league that doesn't have bad coaching. <laughs> So they were they were they were going to take some 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 lumps anyways as they go forward here. So yeah, not much about this game. Just that McCaffrey is out. And uh, on a fantasy note for people, uh, DJ Moore is getting still getting elite usage. He just has not been quite converting it into uh, into stats yet. And on ESPN earlier today, Field Yates was telling people to trade DJ Moore, and he is one hundred percent incorrect. So. If you got uh, people with DJ Moore in your leagues and they're looking to get rid of him cheap, go rob him because DJ Moore is doing just fine. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What we got up next? Uh, Next game. uh, Well, I'll just give the score. San Francisco 31, the New York football Jets 13. Go. All right. So everyone knows that I've been a Jets fan since 1984, since I was nine years old. Right. And this is probably, um, as you guys know, anyone that's a sports team um, fan of a sports team, you know, if you're from a certain area, region of the country, a certain state, whatever, you die and live with your teams and you put up with everything. I have got to say this is the first time in my life, I'm 46 years old, that I, I am I am seriously considering considering how am I going to move forward with this team if I want to still root for this team. What we trotted out there was atrocious. It was inexcusable. And thank God no one had to pay money to go into that stadium to see that dog shit of a game. First play of the game, they give up a big run. Then another big run is given up. Thank God it was called back, I believe. <laughs> but they were getting gashed. And this is a week after the ownership called Gase a brilliant mind, football mind. I am beyond, like, everyone gets to celebrate their team and have fun and talk shit. I can't even have that. I can't even defend what I'm seeing on the field it's just been it's just been every year it's just been a letdown a letdown a letdown and honestly Sam Darnold 
you know, sorry you have to come to this bullshit team with this coach that's riding high on something that happened 3,000 years ago. But obviously, he's not the man for the job. This team is a complete overhaul. Um, I'm not ready to abandon the quarterback yet. But if we pretty much lose every game, they have us projected to win five games. I'm like, how? Unless we go to some college conference, there's no way we're winning five games this year from what I saw for the last two weeks. Um, this is something that Jets Nation, now I'm a part of a few of these uh, of these fan sites, they're absolutely up in an uproar that we need to get rid of this entire coaching staff. Greg Williams, I don't even know what that defense looked like, what that defense was. And of course, the turf helped us out by injuring some of these guys um, to slow it down because the bleeding was, was it would have been worse. I had to add a more far <laughs> R-rated rant, but I decided to dial it back because, again, you know, these guys are playing a sport for my enjoyment during a pandemic, but the coaching is over. This has to be his last year. Uh, not only should it be his last year, there could be an argument made this should be Adam Gase's last game as head coach of the Jets. He is so clearly out of his depth and has just no impact on anything happening on that team in any sort of positive way that he should just be done. You mentioned some of the injuries with the turf, and that is exactly correct. So for the 49ers, Jimmy G, ankle sprain, week to week, but he's a quarterback. He's out at least two weeks. Yeah. Raheem Mostert, ankle sprain, out at least this week, if not more. Nick Bosa, torn ACL. Solomon Thomas, torn ACL. So Nick Bosa is the defensive end, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, big MAGA guy, though, so I don't feel that bad for him. And then Solomon Thomas is a defensive tackle. So that's two starting defensive linemen for the 49ers down with ACLs this week because of the terrible turf at MetLife Stadium. But get this, the 49ers play the Giants in New York next week. They have the same field next week. And I think they're already talks to the NFL about moving the game or doing something. And I don't blame them. Like, I would just refuse to play play on that field. I'd also refuse to take the L for a forfeit. Like I'd have the lawyers out everywhere being like, no, we're not we're not doing that. This field is terrible. And in 2020, that should never be the case. So here's the thing. I don't know what changed with the field over the last couple of weeks because that wasn't the first game. Because I think Shanahan made point that, oh, that, you know, this is probably the first time this field has been played on whatever turf they put down. But there was a, a game prior and there was no issues with that. So I don't know if there if, if it was an equipment issue like where these guys had new cleats or different types of cleats for that turf. I mean, I I don't know. I wasn't there, but if we see you know anything happen this week, obviously, then we know that, that the turf is dangerous. And again, playing on turf, guys. If you've ever played football or ever ran on turf, um, turf can be slick. It also can be grabby. Um, so it really depends on what you're wearing. If you're wearing spike cleats, rubber cleats, whatever you, whatever you're wearing. Um, and some of these guys are hard planning. I so I don't know if it's the turf just yet. I'll, I'll make my assessment again this weekend to see how it looks. But again, I do. I'm not. I'm not indifferent to you to, to actually say if the turf's not good, we're not playing. Because again, it's not just this game. It's my career. I could actually have a career-ending injury on this turf. You know, Saquon might not come back as the same guy. You know, both might not come back as the same guy. You know, when, when you come back from ACL, unless you're you're Adrian Adrian Peterson, who's a mutant. Um. We'll see how these guys look when they come back, you know. 
we'll see how these guys look. Tough. Yeah, I mean, just just absolutely rough with those injuries. And unfortunately, this still is not going to be the last we talk about major injuries this week. Um, however, the next and the next game had a couple as well. So the next game was the Denver Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers won 21 or 26 to 21. And a couple of quick notes on this one. For one, the Steelers are legitimate. Like they're going to be there at the end. Mm. They are. There's not much more to really say about them. They're they're complete, like Baltimore and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They're they're just there. Uh, Deontay Johnson may be the number one receiver there now, and not Juju. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's only two games, but it's it's looking like Juju might be the number two, the number two there. Uh, for the Broncos side, Drew Locke, their quarterback, ankle sprain out two to four weeks. Wow. Um, now, their backup quarterback is Jeff Driscoll. Lions fans will remember him from coming in from Matt Stafford last year. Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, did not work. So, I don't know if you saw the news, but who did the Broncos go out and sign today? They signed somebody. I, I saw it right before the show, but uh, but uh, give us uh, give us the line. Yeah, they're, they're popping Bortles, man. They signed Blake Bortles. Wow. Was yep. he still was he still in the league or is he coming off the couch? I'm assuming unless by the league you mean the XFL. I don't think he was still in the league. I think he oh was. Oh uh, god! I think I think he was gone. Yeah. So yeah, we got Bortles combat coming to Denver. So wow. that'll be, but it won't matter because Cortland Sutton, their number one wide receiver and a guy who's going to be an absolute monster, torn ACL, done for the year. Yeah. This is you know this is kind of a, a wow, wow. Week two we have this kind of drama. Week two, wow. Right. And so, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I think this is a good place to do it, because there wasn't much in this game. The Steelers just boa constricted the Broncos. But, you know, there's a ton of injuries this week. There's more we're still going to talk about. You know, you're a trainer. Mm -hmm. Is there something to be said for the lack of prep time, the lack of preseason, the lack of hitting in training camp for these injuries, or is it a bit more random? Yes, no. So you hit it actually right on the right on the on 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 the head with that hammer. So basically, as we know, guys, some people don't like preseason at all. So, you know, real football um, aficionados love everything about it. From like for, like for me, from the draft all the way to preseason to the season, I'm kind of like in a mode of like a buildup. And preseason to me is exciting because I get to see, you know, what we have, what's out there on other teams and, you know, what we're going to see. Some people think that there are a lot of games. I kind of agree with that, but we have to kind of measure the talent. So in practice, as you guys know, if you ever played football or ever been to a practice, you don't hit certain guys. Certain receivers are not going to get hit, you know, corners that they're going to battle, but the quarterback's definitely not going to get hit by defensive linemen, um, things of that nature. So preseason is the chance to actually go full speed in a sense where you're not going against your team one team two at practice um in preparation for this a lot of guys didn't have the offseason the the traditional offseason that they should have had with conditioning because of covid you know you couldn't really go to go see someone that you might want to work out with you know, cross country or whatever because of hot spots. So with the lack of preparation, as you said, on the body, getting the body primed and ready for this kind of, you know, sport, we're, we're going to see some more injuries, unfortunately. It's just that there's called prehab, just as you have rehab. Prehab is kind of conditioning your body to take this kind of punishment. Same as you would condition a basketball player to, to play 82 games that they're running up and down the court the same thing so a lot of these guys haven't had the proper 
preparation, basically. And it's showing right now. We should have saw this in week one with the games possibly being really sloppy and stuff like that. So we kind of got a gimme, but this this doesn't surprise me. Um, obviously, I think this is what seven ACLs in the. This is ever like the like a record for this that I can remember that this many ACLs were torn this early in the season. This is like a week six, week seven situation when you got to go looking for guys on the street or possibly the trade deadline. But now we're looking at week two and we have this. So hopefully we don't see some some more of it. But uh, you know we're seeing this. So yeah, as a as a as a trainer, my training hat tells me that the preparation might have not been stellar for for most of these guys, and it's showing now. Well, yeah, and that's uh, that's too bad. It's something the league will have to will have to take a look at as the season goes on. Because right now, like Saquon tears his ACL in week two, that means he'll be back for the start of uh, the next you know next season, where hopefully. We'll be we won't be back to normal by then, but we might at least be able to have you know like people in the crowds and and stuff like that. And it won't be a question of whether or not we're having we're having football. However, if if this continues, we're going to start losing players during the year that we might should have skipped because of COVID next year, right? Yeah. So we're on week fourteen, and they're gone next season too. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the thing that I would would really worry about and honestly if I was a, if I was an NFL team and I and I'm like you know I hit loss number six like I'm one in six one in seven I might just shut it down yeah so I mean you're, you're, yeah you're not you know you're not too far off from saying that I mean I, I would yeah. honestly say you know because if you're playing for nothing it's it's those games where you know it's week it's week 15 and your team's way out of it and obviously they're going to play spoiler or whatever or it's a it's a gimme game where it doesn't mean anything, where I'm not going to play my starters. I'm like, listen, this guy's not going to play. So th- there's no point in it, you know. It's just unfortunate. And for those that don't know about these type of injuries, a ACL is an injury that in the 80s and 70s and even the 60s, a la, you know, Gale Sayers, those, those were career-ending almost for some people. These days, we've gotten more technology and, and there's, there's more prehab done. There's more conditioning done to, to get you back on. But it is a um, a joint that doesn't get any blood supply. So the healing of it depends on the person. It really depends on how that person's body responds to healing because it could change the, how they move. You know, I'm thinking about Saquon because if you watch him run, he's he, he plants hard. Like he reminds me of a, like a Bo Jackson. Uh, early ball before Bo got hurt, where he he plants down. He, he's not a cut guy; he's a run straight ahead guy, and he's picking up steam. So we'll see what he looks like when he comes back. But it is something to see. Absolutely. So the next game that we have on the schedule here: uh, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee won the game thirty-three to thirty. This was actually a great game that came down to the final seconds. And something very interesting is that. The Titans threw four touchdown passes. Oh wow! Yeah, Derrick Henry had 84 rushing yards, and that's it. Uh, however, I want to talk about Jacksonville. And while I don't think the team is good, I think Gardner Minshew might be good. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I told you, you know, we were, we were having some fun with it the last couple of weeks. I actually think he's solid, a solid guy. Um, you know, I would love to have him. Um, I think, I think the team responds well to him, and that's why. You know what happened with him getting the starting spot happened because again the guys are all out baller. Uh, although he, I think he threw 
who picks that game. But again, you know, picks are going to happen. The defense gets to, you know, pay to play as well. So it happens. But I think he's solid enough to to, to kind of get them going. So um, I'm in the same boat. I like Gardner. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, not too much about that game besides the fact that, you know, Gardner Minshew really kept the Jags in it. And I think the Jags will be in a lot of games they end up losing this year. Like, I think they're going to be a trendy pick for next year for doing a little bit better because I think they're going to lose a number of games by less than a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be in some closed dog fights. But, yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that. That they're not going to look, we're not going to see them blow anyone out, so to speak. But they're yep. going to be in some close games, and they're going to make it exciting. I think they play this Thursday, right? Yes, against Miami. Ooh. Dang. Yeah, so everybody set your DVRs. Want to be sure to watch <laughs> the replay of this one. Really break down the film. Who are we going to get? Pick six Fitz or uh, Fitz Magic? God, this guy. There could be four pick sixes in this game. <laughs> be, it, it, could, it could just be awesome yeah uh, so speaking of teams that are not going to be playing many close games but yet losing a lot the next game is the detroit lions 21 at the green bay packers uh, 42 uh, i um, mean you had you guys had the packers so i i didn't even i didn't even poke poke the bear on this one because i was like it's unfair for, for me to have the the, te- the game that we had and for me to actually make fun of whatever but i was like not even close you guys you know, had the Packers. The Packers. So, here's the thing. The Detroit Lions had a 10-point lead in this game. This is now the fourth straight game they have blown a 10-point lead. Yeah, I think your coach, I think your coaching is, is, isn't he like some kind of genius, they said? Yes, he's actually, he's actually like studied aeronautical engineering. Like, I think he's actually a rocket scientist or something. I don't know. I didn't study aeronautical engineering, but man, Patricia didn't study football. So <laughs> maybe like he and I are in wrong, the wrong field. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the Lions have won one game in the last calendar year. They've lost 11 in a row. There is a real chance we're going to get another 0-16 just split across uh, yeah. two to uh, two seasons, and we're definitely not winning next week because next week the Detroit Lions are at Arizona, who we will get to. Man, oh, yeah, man. Um, so man. Uh, for the Packers, I should I should mention the Packers here. Um, as much as I hate them, they really made a mistake in not getting drafting Jordan Love and not getting Aaron Rodgers some some more help because yeah. they're good, and they could have had with their the twenty sixth pick in the first round. Every running back was on the board. Um, any wide receiver taken in the second round was was still on the board. They could have done any number of things, gotten an offensive lineman, you know, somebody who could who could help. You know, they could have done they could have done a number of things. And so to just waste the first round draft pick when you're a team that's already that good, it was actually a major, major Yeah, mistake. I one hundred percent agree with you. And it's gonna come back to bite them um at the most inopportune time, which is gonna be obviously like getting a in week 12 or whatever, which we'll see, you know, the plays, you know, that, that were missed here. But yeah, I, um, I don't know, like those type of moves gets GMs fired. So <laughs> if they don't make the playoffs, uh, that GM is probably gone. So well, they're going to, they're going to make the playoffs there. They play with the Lions, Bears and Vikings. I mean, the second best team in the hey, division. Hey, Trubisky, by Mitch Trubisky. hey, he's hot. Trubisky's hot. That's the hot hand right now. <laughs> That's the fucking hot hand. I can't Fair even... enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, injury note on this game, Devontae Adams did hurt his hamstring. Um, I haven't heard yet how long he's going to be out. I imagine, though, at least one week, you know, wide receivers and hamstrings. That's a tough injury to just bounce bounce right back from. Yeah, yeah. The next game that, I re- that we need to talk about 
uh, is the Bills 31 Ooh. and the Dolphins 28. Yeah. yeah. The Josh Allen MVP <laughs> hype is real. Everybody who bet him at 50 to 1 in the offseason is losing their minds. Uh, yeah. You know, you talk about the guy lost 35,000. There's a guy on, you know, fantasy Twitter put 10,000 on Josh Allen. Oh, my God. To, to win MVP this year at 50 to 1. Yeah. See, see, here's the thing, right? Although, these victories came, um, you know, a la the Jets and the Dolphins. It is these are two division foes, and they are they are playing against professional athletes. So they keep score for a reason. It's it's not his fault that those teams are bad, and rightfully so. You should light them the fuck up, light them up. I would light them up. I don't give a shit. You know, he he played, he balled out for that team, and then having Stephon Diggs, <laughs> that was a huge pickup for them. Because now they got a legit receiver that can, you know, give them some possessions on the field. Like it, it's it's it shows you how bad Houston's decision making is. That um, I'm sorry, not Houston, um, uh, Minnesota. That mm-hmm. this guy left because of you know whatever bickering that they had or whatever it was. I know Stephon personally, so I'm not going to put his business out there. For what I know, but it it shows how much he's missed. And um, good for them, man. I, 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 I honestly, being a division foe of the Bills, I'm happy for that kid. I'm happy for that kid. And, and you know, he's right now, I think, what is he, 700 yards, no picks? Um, and yep. I forgot how many TDs. But, yeah, he's he's balling. He's balling. Yeah, Josh, Josh Allen is, is, is playing great right now. Um, and he's, if he's, he's the type of quarterback where if he just completes 60% of his passes – there he's going to be great with his rushing upside how far down the field he completes passes you know there he's he's the type of player where like the bills could go 12 and 4 one year and 6 and 10 the next year and like nothing changes yeah but on he's on and i actually made a note here and it says quote stefan diggs is a great wide receiver so i agree with you yeah (laughs) and i of course i knew that from his time his time at minnesota yeah but yeah he is He's a legitimately fantastic, fantastic wide receiver. Yeah, he is Mr. Minnesota. Trust me. That run that um that Allen made, what did you think of that? Scary or you didn't have a problem with the quarter with a quarterback doing that? Like I think I he, he trucked two guys, I think it was. Yeah, I, I love it. I don't have an issue with that. I mean, Josh Allen is oh god, hang on one second. Let me let me think through this. Josh Allen is the same size and speed as most running backs in the NFL. Okay. So when he goes to truck people, it's perfectly fine <laughs> by me. Like Josh Allen is a huge man. <laughs> um, so it is, it's, it's perfectly fine. Plus I think that, um, you know, he's not going to stand back in the pocket and just be slinging dimes all over the field. Right? He's not Drew Brees. Yeah. So he needs to be intimidating the defenses in some way. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that this man will run you over is definitely one of them. Really, really, Josh Allen is Cam Newton. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I no. was actually going to make that comparison. People people are probably looking at it sideways right now, but I'm like, man, it, it shows you that if your quarterback's out there doing that, then you got to play. Play ball for him. Right. And I mean, I mean Cam Newton in terms of stylistically. I don't think he's as good as Cam Newton. Obviously, I mean, Cam Newton won, actually won the MVP, but 
the fact that Cam won it shows you the path for Josh Allen to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So speak yeah, speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, huh. Minnesota eleven, Indianapolis twenty-eight. <laughs> uh eleven an eleven ball is not easy to score in the NFL, but Vikings the Vikings managed. Uh so my first thought here is that the Vikings, they're actually really bad. And yeah. they have no path forward really to getting better. Like we're talking like we can pencil them in for a top five pick. Yeah. They're- I mean, I mean, Kirk Cousins, oh man. I mean, wow. It, it, it's so, and again, it goes to my comment earlier about, you know, let's move on the clock three, four years ago when he was with you know, Washington, like, you know, they had a chance to lock him up. But now we see probably what they saw or thought. Um, this guy can't win a game. This guy cannot win a game. He, he can't put it together. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know. Minnesota's got some big ones with him there. Let's not forget that crazy uh, your boy Diggs play against the Saints in the playoffs <laughs> a couple couple years ago. I mean, throw it up Cousins, and go Kirk, get it, man. It's it's yeah. uh, it's cold. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is fine. Like we can't sit here and say Gardner Minshew is good, but then say Kirk Cousins isn't. That's just not consistent. Kirk no, Cousins. Is I just fine. don't know. I just don't know what the, what the disconnect is. Is is I, I guess what I'm trying to say. And good point for kind of like you know on Randy me in there I think it's like a quarterback with that much talent we should expect more if I was a Minnesota Vikings fan I would I would I want to expect more for that what they paid him but it's just again I don't know what it's gonna take but it, I mean he's not the only person playing you're right he, he he's on a team and that team has to play better because they're, they're they don't have a path forward I, I agree with that yeah, and you know we focus a lot on Diggs leaving because you know wide receiver, big play guy, and all that. But they've lost like seven defenders off last year's team. You know their yeah, defense is yeah. just awful, and yeah. that you know Cousins is the sort of quarterback that does need a good defense. That he'll get good field position and stuff like that. So the the composition of the team just is not good. So they're actually, I think the Vikings are worse than the sum of their parts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So which means they can bounce back quickly. You know they have a good draft, a couple good free agent signings. They could be back to being good again shortly, but it's not going to be this season. No, no, no. We uh, the Colts, yeah, the, the, the Colts uh, look, you know, looking pretty good, looking like that's going to be a, uh, a two-team division there, I think, between them and Tennessee. Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back out of Wisconsin, is as much of a nightmare in the NFL as he was in college. <laughs> the thing, though, for them is that T.Y. Hilton might be done. You mean you as, know, as far as a step or just... Yeah, just, well, whatever it takes to be productive. Like, whatever it is that Larry Fitzgerald refuses to let go of, yeah. T.Y. Hill might have already lost. Yeah, Larry's one of those guys. I re- He's been playing so long. I lived in New Jersey when, when Larry got drafted. I lived I lived in New Jersey. And I've been I've been living in Virginia for, for just about 10, 11 years now. Let's show so you how long this guy's been in the league. Yeah, I am. I am 37, so I graduated high school in 2001. So it's been a minute, right? Since like I would have, if I was in the draft, it would have been 2005, right? So we're yeah. talking like, oh, it's been a long time. Larry Fitzgerald and I are the same age. Wow. So, you know, like yeah, so it's it's pretty amazing what he's been able to do, especially in the light of somebody like T.I. Hilton, who has had two great matchups and just. I don't know. I don't know what it is. He hasn't really been able to player who I think was going to become number one receiver, Paris Campbell, second year player out of Ohio State, uh, has an MCL PCL combo injury and is done is out in debt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the Colts 
might have a bit of an injury. Oh, and Malik Hooker, their safety, also out of Ohio State, tore his Achilles. So, yeah. So, they, you know, the Colts might just be having an injury, injury problems as well that keep them from being as good as they as they should be. But they're going to be, there's not going to be any game the Colts ever win where I'll be shocked that they won. And there won't be a game they lose where I'll be super shocked that they lost. Unless it's this week against gotcha. the Jets. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yep. you know, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yep. Uh, so, speaking of Larry Fitzgerald, we have the Arizona Cardinals hosting the Washington football team, and the Cardinals won at home 30-15. to 15. Uh, Everything we said about Josh Allen just applied to Kyler Murray, except Kyler Murray is better. <laughs> and a tad bit shorter, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kyler Murray should not be trucking people. I feel concerned. <laughs> I'd be concerned for the people he ran over, but I'd also be concerned for him if he was out here lowering yeah. his shoulder. But Kyler Murray is, you know, and it shouldn't be that shocking. I mean, we have a player who's a top 10 draft pick in Major League Baseball, top draft pick uh, in the NFL, five-star guy coming out of coming out of high school and playing both mm-hmm. sports. You know, it just, it makes sense that he's, he's as good as he is, but he throws a ball. beautiful yeah. deep he ball. Does. He does. Yes. Like his deep ball is better than Lamar's. Yeah. Intermediate are the same. Lamar's faster straight line, but like if they lined up and ran a forty against mm-hmm. each other. But as far as acceleration goes, I think they're the yeah, same. I, I um, I you know as a um a trainer and and a person that you know I I am I love athletics. I love athleticism, and I think these scouts forget. Like, like I think Kurt Warner said it best. Um, you can't measure how bad a guy wants something. So all the detractors that had him pegged that, oh, he's not going to be able to see over the line. He won't be productive. You know, we got to look at the guys that they had picked ahead of him. I'm sorry, uh, Tyler ahead of, ahead of him as far as being prototypical, because I hate that word. Because every time you mm-hmm. get a prototypical guy, as quarterback, he's six six, looks like this, and then they can't throw 15 yards, you know? Or they can't read beyond, you know, whatever. Listen, don't, don't talk about Bortles combat like that. He just got another job. He's feeling good. He doesn't need you coming on the podcast and dunking on him because he sucks. It's at least way yeah, to week. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know where I was going with that. The Osweilers of the world. These guys fit, you know, they look the part, but it just doesn't pan out. What we got next? So uh, the next game, we have the Ravens at the Texans. The Ravens won 33-16. No shock there. I mean, the Ravens, the Ravens, I think, are the best team of football top to bottom. Outside of the and Chiefs? It, really? Oh, yeah, their defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, the Ravens, I think, are just, you know, they're going to lose a couple games because it happens, but, like, it won't matter. You know, they're going to be 13-3, and 14-2. You know, as long as they can stay healthy, whatever, and they're we're going to be talking about them going into championship yeah. weekend. So, you know, there there's not much to say there. The Texans, on yeah. the other hand, hmm. you know, obviously Adam Gase and Matt Patricia should just be fired right away. I mentioned Bill O'Brien last week. I'm going to bring it up again, and here's why: the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, the Texans have Deshaun yeah. Watson. If we swapped them on each team, would the teams be any different? <laughs> Yeah, I love when you. I love when you that that you do that. I love that you do that. I um, mm, it's a tough one. Like, do the Ravens take a step back if they had Deshaun? I don't think so. Do the Texans make a giant leap forward if Absolutely. they have Lamar? You think I so? Think, I think it's. I think it's the 
it's the coaching. I think that Lamar gets um, the benefit of the doubt and the trust that he married, you know, to an offense or he married to an offensive set that that's suited for his skill set. And I think that they let him ad lib or they let him, you know, play to his strengths. Where I think I think Bill O'Brien is it Bill O'Brien? I yes. think he's he's trying to he's trying to push the square the square block into the into the into the round thing or whatever. I think it's that kind of situation where you you have this talent, right? You have this talent, but then as you pointed out weeks ago and probably last year talking to me about this, you trade away <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, right? And you right. didn't really, I don't know. I don't know if they upgraded or whatever, but you still have your quarterback. And you you're playing GM, you're playing coach, and your your play calling is very questionable. And it actually came out against the Chiefs last year. We saw that destruction on the field. I think that he should not be coaching that team. I just think that you know he's over his head. And if they don't go anywhere, I think it's the coaching. I think that he's he's not he's 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 shackling Watson to where Watson doesn't have the freedom that Lamar has. That's why that comparison to me kind of didn't make you know I, I didn't side with that. See, I think if you put Lamar on the Texans, they win between six and eight games as well because Bill O'Brien is terrible. Look, I think I think Deshaun Watson is a phenomenal absolutely. And if you had coaching, like if you put him on Baltimore, they're still winning thirteen games. Yeah, yeah, because he's gonna Lamar, because because he's gonna give he's gonna get if if Watson goes to you know Baltimore, he's gonna get the same level of like okay, here's the keys to the offense, just don't crash the car, you know, just right. don't crash the car. Like you can go wherever you want to go. Just don't crash. Bill O'Brien is trying to coach his way. I'm like, you're ruining the game. You are ruining what these guys are trying to do, you know? And we see it. He doesn't make smart decisions. You're like, what the fuck are you? Okay. You know, they weren't in that game. No, no, not not even close. And so that's why, I mean, I think that luckily for us and for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is still <laughs> on Baltimore. We'll not be traded to Houston. <laughs> um, and do you know what the Monday night game is next is week? It, Texans who? It is not the okay, Texans. Who is it? it is the Ravens hosting the winner of the next game we're going to talk about. The Kansas City Chiefs 23 at the Los Angeles Chargers 20. Wow. Right. So first we'll talk about the Chiefs here. Uh, well, first we'll, yeah, first we'll talk about the Chiefs because we're going to have to spend a little bit of time on the Chargers. So the Chiefs played a terrible yeah. game. They were not good. And it didn't matter. They had like three good plays all game, and it's all they needed yeah. to to win. And to me, that's a sign of a team that is actually, you know, a high quality. Yeah, team. I mean, look at look at this, man. Um, Mahomes has been in the league what three years? This guy's mm-hmm. yet to have a bad game where we can be like, oh my god, look how awful he was. He has yet to have right. a bad game over a three three season stretch. Says a lot about that team. Says a lot about how they're coached. Says a lot about that unit that they're with. I mm-hmm. mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is about the worst game I've ever seen them play with Mahomes at, at quarterback, and they still managed to get the win. But we need to talk about why they managed to get that win. So this is where we have to talk about the Chargers. First thing with the Chargers, Tyrod Taylor has chest pains before the game. Surprise starter Justin Herbert, the sixth overall pick out of Oregon. And I thought he yeah. looked great. What did I thought you he looked think? great too, especially 
especially for being pressed into action minutes before kickoff. <laughs> right, he had no starter reps this <laughs> yeah. week. So for him, for him to pull that off and to look that great, it says a lot about how good he is. Obviously, it also says about how how um, he got into the game plan pretty. You know, either they simplified it or they you know they played to his strength. But it shows you that he, he was he was actually ready to start the season. Well, given what we saw from the Chargers, I don't think they could simplify their game plan anymore if they wanted to. So I'm not shocked he was able to come in and, and understand that right away. But yeah, he is he like he's he's you can already tell he's gonna be okay, like yeah. at worst. He's also like 6'6", 230 or whatever. So <laughs> he's a poor typical guy. Yeah, but can move. Can really move and he throws a great, a great deep ball. So for people who didn't see this game. Uh, two things, two major uh, mistakes happened that allowed the Chiefs to win this game. The first was the refs. So the game was 17-9 to late in the game. And Mahomes threw a bomb touchdown to Tyreek Hill. In the celebration, Tyreek took off his helmet. Yeah. That is supposed to be a 15-yard yeah. penalty assessed on the extra point or the kickoff, whatever the Chargers would like. Well, the Chiefs went for two and got it. Had they called the penalty, the Chiefs would have had to go for two from the 17-yard line, yeah. which means they probably kick, which means it's 17-16 to 16 there, not 17-17 to 17 in a tie game. Yeah. So the referees really made a huge mistake there. The second mistake is that when this game was in overtime, the Chargers had the ball first, and they had a fourth and one midfield-ish, and they decided to punt the ball to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> now, that is a stupid decision. No no way. I mean, there's just no way that's a good decision. You know, you have the ball. If you score a touchdown, the game is over. If you kick a field goal, you at least force the Chiefs to have to score. What really is the... Like, if you are giving up that advantage for... Even if they got a perfect point down to the one-yard line, 49 yards of field position against Patrick Mahomes, like, who cares? So Especially because a field goal will win in that case. So that's terrible. But the worst thing is that after the game, Anthony Lynn said about that decision that he, it gave his team an opportunity to extend the game. Uh, see, okay, so I'm glad you said that because I'm, I'm not going to expound on, on the dumbass comment. I'm going to expound on... Mahomes is the type of player where his red zone is like 40 yards. It's like it's like the 40 yard line. Right? Like Agreed. so why would you I think the thinking was like, well, we can kick and pin him back, but I I'm gonna channel my inner Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. You know, you play to win the game. It's it's sometimes that we're it's overtime or it's you know whatever, we got to take a little risk here. It's one yard. And it's going to be the most important yard we get today. You know, Jim Brown said it best. He says, hey, they don't pay me to get off 80-yard rips. They pay me to get to convert a third a third and one or fourth and, you know, fourth and two if, if we're going to go for it. I get paid my money to do that. So, yeah, I I don't know what that, what that comment was, but obviously that situation didn't call for it. So, whatever. Yeah, I will. I will expound on the dumbass comment. So... He says we want to extend the game. So firstly, from just a theoretical point of view, that's a really bad way to approach things when you're the underdog, yeah. right? When you're the underdog, you want the game to be as short as possible. You want as few opportunities for the other team to do what they do good, yeah. right? So 
the extending the game is just bad when you're the underdog. You actually want to shorten the game as much as possible. Agreed. And so, and so even if you go for it there and you don't make it, still the effect of having shortened the game still works out a bit in your favor. But the thing is, fourth and one, you should expect to make it when you yeah. go for it. No, especially especially right? when if the if 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 in overtime, we're, we're, like you said, tying into what you said, we're playing to get out of here. This is the one yard where it's going to be a quarterback sneak over the top, whatever. It's going to be something, a draw play, something that we're going to go for. You know, we're going to go for it here. You know? Right. Your quarterback, I mean, look, Justin Herbert is 6'6", six, six, Yeah, him, him laying across a guy's back can get right. that. <laughs> right. right. You know, so, and I would assume they have some goal line running packages because they had Tyrod. So, like, you would think that they would have some running packages for the quarterbacks anyways. You know, we saw on Hard Knocks, Austin Eckler, they're doing the goal line drill. And he's jumping, like, five of the five of the things to go over the top. So we know Eckler can go over the top and whatever. And everybody else knows it because it was on national TV. So you can fake it. <laughs> do a you can do any number of things that you wanted. The one thing you can't do is just willingly give, them, give yeah, the ball yeah, back. Yeah, they, they, they gave him the game. The they gave him the game. I, I totally want to right. agree with that. They gave him the game. Yeah, just, just, just an absolutely atrocious decision. So to me, Anthony Lynn goes on that list with Dan Quinn. And Bill O'Brien were like, it's not as obvious as Patricia and Gase, but you, yeah. like, yeah, we could go and fire them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, coming down to it here, we only got a couple games left. Uh, so we talked about the Ravens and the Chiefs who play each other coming up on Monday Night Football. That's one that everybody should make a point to watch. That should be an AFC Championship game preview. The uh, team that I actually am picking right now to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl the Seattle Seahawks hosted the New England Patriots, and they, the Seahawks won thirty-five to thirty. Wow! Uh, yeah. So, a couple quick notes from this one: Cam Newton is oh, a legitimate dude. fit, dude. Every fucking team out there, if you're listening, you dumbasses, the guy was available to anyone, anyone, yes. anyone, and the guy was like, he would play anywhere. He's not even worrying about making money this year or or or, or an extension right now because he, he he's in the middle of his season. He just told the New England, "Don't worry about paying me just yet. Let me just get through the season." And you guys could anyone could have had him right. who needed who needed a quarterback could have had him on the cheap. Yep, the, yep. The New England Patriots upgraded the quarterback position and saved thirty million dollars. Oh, dude, they got him. The they got that's what you call a, a a bargain bin special. You know, you ever been shopping somewhere and you see something that you want and like it's in the bargain set? You're like, is this real? Is this really fifty percent off? Wow, I, I'm gonna get this today. You know, Edelman had a game yep. he never had before, ever on a bum knee. On a bum knee. Well, yeah, that's because Cam Newton can throw more than yeah, twenty five yeah, yards he, down the field. That so. I mean, and he did that on a bum knee. His, I think his knee was sore that game. It goes to show you that everyone, including me, I raised my hand. You know, we're like, oh, we're going to run Cam. He's not going to throw because his shoulder's probably not 100%. looked fine to me. It looked fine to me. And he yep. actually, although Wilson had the better game, had, yep, had the absolutely. better game, I thought Cam's performance was more impressive because Wilson, I mean, he does what he does. I mean, that's, that's, I can't believe that guy never got an MVP. I cannot believe that. Well, this 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 might be the year that ends because Russell Wilson, like they're they're letting him 
guide the offense finally as as started in fantasy twitter actually let russ cook and now they're saying at espn so it's weird but uh yeah let, let russ is cooking now and you know he threw four touch mm-hmm. threw five touchdown passes in this game four to wide receivers the patriots only gave up four touchdown passes to wide yeah. receivers in all yes. of last season <laughs> and 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 uh and I, I i have to give you something metcalf is yeah i was wrong so i i i apologize on air on to my co-host, I apologize that I thought DK Metcalf was was okay. <laughs> and and here's the thing is that yeah, DK Metcalf is still wrong because I think you, I think you jokingly said he runs two routes, but those two routes I don't know. He, he's, right. it, it works. Let's keep mm-hmm. it. You know, but yeah, that was a great. That yes. was actually and a great game this year. He went to slant. What's that? Yeah, going a curl, but now <laughs> he runs a slant and going a curl. And now that now that um, you're trying coming around on him, does my comparison of him to Terrell Owens make a lot more sense? Can you see how DK Metcalf, as raw as he is, if he hits his 80th percentile outcome for as good as he could be, he We're is Terrell technical Owens? Technical difficulties, guys. Please bear with us. All right, Dave. I'm losing my call. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, we we you chopped out for a second. Let's try it again. Oh well. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. So here we are. Uh, uh, I'm actually in Charleston on vacation in oh, Airbnb and out of my home, my home guy. Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So had to work had to work from home for a di- in yeah. a different location. Losing my mind in the apartment there. In Alexandria, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. okay, but but we're good. You can hear me now. Okay, so you probably did not then hear me asking you that now that you can see DK Metcalf and he's raw. Yeah, now that yeah, now they do the size, the speed, sense. the physicality. You know, TL wasn't like a run a guy over. He's more like a run past a guy. But DK's I mean, he's commanding like, hey, I you know I got to get in front of this guy or something. So yeah. I see where where you can make that comparison. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you know his his ceiling outcome. You know, is is he's going to be the next the next Terrell Owens? So you know, I yeah, I just think he's absolutely absolutely wonderful. It's just going to continue getting better and better and better, and that's part of the reason why I do actually think that the uh, that the Seahawks absolutely. are going no to argument there the for me in the Super Bowl. Okay, last game here to get to. We have uh, the Monday night game from yesterday. The Saints at the Raiders, and surprisingly, the fighting John Gruden come <laughs> over with, what? The, with the I, victory. Um, what did you think, I think of that? I texted you about the running back of Jacobs is is full goal, fool's goal, because I was like, he looks he looks pretty good to me. I'm waiting for like the shooting yep. drop or whatever. But they played a really good game. Derek Carr played as 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 best he could play for Gruden, and I th- I still think that every play or I'm sorry every game. He's playing for his right to stay on that team, and it is what it is. But yeah, it looks pretty good. The Saints, ooh, uh, Drew, Drew actually had a great, great presser, and I actually would agree with his presser. But he looked old. He looked old last night. Um, and when I say old, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking forty. What is he? Forty-two. Yeah, he looked forty-two years old. And for a yes. guy that's that's the the league leading passer right now. I think he's what? He's like number one, right? Um, Yeah. He's not out there 
in, right. in, in, in his defense, he's not out there to be, to be that every night. He's out there to win a football game with a team of people. So he did what he was supposed to do. Maybe he suffered from something. I don't know. I mean, there's always something that's going on that we don't get privy to. But he looked, you know, pedestrian compared to the breeze that we know. And, you know, they're playing on the road um, in that gorgeous new stadium in Vegas. That's they have a nice stadium. I'm not going to front. Death Star, I think they call that shit. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. So yeah, the, the Death I can Star, imagine yep. when that thing's filled with screaming fans coming off a heater in Vegas. Um, how that would be, but yeah, I um, in a nutshell, I thought the game was um exciting, at least for the Raiders. And my brother would appreciate this because he's a he's a, a Raiders fan. Um, he told me to watch out for Jacobs. He was like, "Hey, this 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 guy is the truth," and I told him that my co-host doesn't think so. So he was pretty excited yet last night that they looked good in their win. So, yeah, so hang on one second here. I am going to... Okay, so here we go. I'm going to prove my point about Jacobs being fool's gold. And here's the thing. Yeah. You have to understand, I said that in the Correct. context yeah. of fantasy, right? Correct. I yes. didn't say in the context of how good he is. Because at the running back position, who cares how good somebody is? Melvin Gordon yeah. is garbage, mm-hmm. but he touches the ball a lot. So he puts up good numbers. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Who had a uh, better Kamara. game last night? Josh Jacobs or Alvin Kamara? Watching think, the game, watching no. the game, it's, 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 than it's down to production and what was, you know, what was the down and distance and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, but oh but yeah, 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 well, yeah, game, yeah. The, the like eye test told me like, that's Kamara. why I texted him like, "Hey, is this is this the guy you're talking about?" And again, to preference, you guys, we were talking in a fantasy regard, not in like his actual, you know, on the field stuff. So. And here's and here's the thing. So last night in on on DraftKings, Josh Jacobs scored thirteen point five yeah. points. Elvin Kamara scored thirty eight point four. So Josh Jacobs looks great, gets these touches, everything's great. He got thirteen points, right? Like that's yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, Jared Cook got nine. You know, so like you know, it doesn't matter so much about how good they look or if they're good runners or whatever. In a fantasy context, we're talking about like you said, opportunity, yeah. touch the ball, passes they could catch or whatever. And that's why I warn people that he's fools gold. He's gold because he looks mm-hmm. so good. He's actually good at playing the game of football. Translate, yeah, does not translate. Context, Which, yeah, you talked something with that because prior to that, in my own ignorance, I did not know that was. I used to look at some guys being. You know, a 30-point guy, and in this scenario, 13 points, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, why would this? I'm like, okay, now it makes sense because whatever plays that Kamara was able to extend, those plays led to a touchdown or a conversion or something. So that's obviously giving you more value and worth for your your pick. Yeah, awesome. It was a a great week of games, man. I mean, you know, I – um. I'm still excited about watching these games. Um, I was hesitant during the season starting that how it was going to be. So far, so good. Did you see the fines levied against those three guys? Holy shit. Yeah, so uh, three coaches got uh, got $100,000 fines each. Uh, Pete Carroll, Vic Fangio, and Kyle Shanahan for violating the, the mask policy on the sideline. And I love it. I especially love the three as well because Vic Fangio <laughs> is just your typical dumbass boomer who probably have a poop queuing on boards and think that, like, you're going to increase your carbon dioxide or whatever. So, 
and then you have Pete Carroll, who is <laughs> who is like the most liberal hippy dippy football coach you could imagine, despite being seventy years old, like Elizabeth Warren, the football coach. And then you have, and then you have Kyle Shanahan, who is like forty years old or whatever, and and I don't know how he leans, but he probably believes in science because he's young. So, you know, you sort of run the gamut of, you know, these coaches just not wearing their masks and yeah, getting and just annihilated by the, the league for 100K. K. In addition, did you see that part? Y- yeah, so the team. I did not see the teams get yeah, fined. The come, team yeah. fines don't matter to me because, like, they can these come, owners are but so it rich. You, I didn't you know, even know. I thought, I actually thought that extra zero was like a, like a zero for a of. <laughs> I was like 100k holy shit they're not fucking around and rightfully so if 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 the mandate was hey you're on the sideline we yeah. saw what was it uh um Belichick had on like a nose thing like his mouth was it was ridiculously funny and then Andy had like a shield that he was fogging up yep or whatever I'm like if these guys can do it where you got damn ass 100 grand Good, good, good for the league. I bet you the, yep. the memos went out today. Like, hey, hey, put your mask on, put your mask on. <laughs> yep, and uh, they should escalate them too. Second offense should be like a million. Yeah, it's it just that. Just yeah, third, third, uh, uh, yeah, seriously, third, third offense seriously, you have to coach the Jets. To the Jets, man. So we're able to recap everything and kind of get through it. I want to spend just like a minute or so <clears throat> left on. You sent me something that was very, um, it was a very good read. Um, and I wanted to kind of like, you know, get your thoughts um, and like kind of tie into what I read. And I didn't know that, um, that that your quarterback's background was what it was. I thought, you know, I mean, I know that he he came from a pretty good background, but I didn't know that he was, he was well off, obviously, prior to becoming a NFL quarterback. Um, and but he's not oblivious to the things that are happening around him, and I I, I find that very eye-opening, shocking, and absolutely amazing. That 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 op-ed was really really good. I didn't. Where, where did you get that? So that's online. So Matt Stafford, the quarterback of the Lions, uh, wrote a piece for the Players Tribune, basically. It, it, telling about his own experience and imploring other white people to just generally do better mm-hmm. <laughs> in the areas of social justice. Um, and Matt Stafford's background, for people who don't know, is that he grew up super rich uh, in the suburbs of Dallas. He was the number one high school quarterback coming out of high oh, school. So this is like, you know, he's this classic you know, what's the man in high school, right? I mean, the number one quarterback in the nation playing high school football yeah, in Texas. Yeah, this, yeah, you ever seen Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Like, you know how this guy was living, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. So then he goes to Georgia, University of Georgia, which is not necessarily a a hotbed of uh, progressive thought, <laughs> um, although not as bad as some of the other areas <laughs> around there. Um, then he's the number one overall pick in the NFL and the NFL draft. And then at one point, he became the highest paid player in the league for a while. So this is a guy who his entire life has had enough money to not have to listen to anybody. He's never never had to be told no about anything ever. The type where people don't want to piss him off or get on his wrong side because he's either the mule ticket or he's going to be famous or whatever. And even he can see what's going on. 
in this in a things that he would not even have to pay any attention to his entire life if he did not want to. He writes this incredible piece about trying to work out in Georgia and how it was him and Danny Amendola, who's a white wide receiver. It was no problem. And then some of the black teammates came in and now all of a sudden they're being they're being yelled at to get off the field. Talked about how Trey Flowers, the black defensive lineman, talked about how he had to uh you know, when, they, when we get pulled over, the process he goes through when he's getting pulled mm-hmm. over by the police. So it was just really eye-opening to see this 31-year-old white guy who literally would never, ever, 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 ever have to acknowledge, acknowledge any of this. And he is just set up and always has been. That tells me there is no excuse for anyone else. Any of, any of not you, Cleve, but any of the listeners, any of your jackass family members who pretend they can't see it or don't want to see it or argue against it, they didn't have the setup Matt Stafford did. They didn't have the amount of privilege Matt Stafford did. And Stafford mm-hmm. can still see it and still acknowledge it publicly. So hold hold your family and your friends to account because yeah. if, and, if Stafford and, has no excuses. And to close on that, no excuses. other... I looked around. No other network talked about it. No, none of those shows, you know, Greeny or, you know, ESPN shows talked about this, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, I, I wouldn't have known that that was out there because I don't follow this particular publication, but um, I, I mean, I do know of it. I know what it is. Um, I don't follow them particularly, but um, yeah, I, I found that in, in the climate that we're in, that the NFL could have said, well, you know what? One of our big time quarterback stars wrote this piece and understands. Let's put it into the thing. So it's, it, it kind of goes to what, you know, uh, Eric Davis said about they just kind of like do a puff piece or whatever. And, you know, hopefully it goes away and it dies down or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I mean, hats off to that guy, man. That was, that was great because you're right. He does. He didn't have to say anything. He could have just been like, whatever, you know? Yeah, but that's that's why that's why he's uh uh the all time Lions <laughs> well, QB one in my opinion. Be gone before he is. Trust trust me on that. Trust me on that. <laughs> well, Matt Patricia might be gone from home from Charleston. All right, man, another so. great show in the books. You know, week two is down. We're looking forward to starting week three next week. There's a great game on Thursday night football. Um, and we'll uh, I'll be texting you. You know, kind of like our normal thing, but. Looking forward to recording again next week, guys, and have a great football week. Peace. Have a good one. Later.